thank you for tuning in to the Diligent Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we talk about the Bible, speak the truth, and make Bible study come to life. Here is your host, Joshua Cantrell. Welcome to the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life, and I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell. Again, we are just so thankful for those of you who are tuning in, not just to the Diligent Podcast, but to all of the different works from the Scattered Abroad Network. Again, we are just so thankful to all of those who are listening to us, whether you're running, whether you're in your car, whether you're just... Uh, working out, whatever you're doing. Again, we're just so appreciative for you taking the time to listen uh, to not just this podcast, but all the podcasts from the Scatter Abroad Network. If you have been following us, we have been asking the question, or if you haven't been following us, we've been asking the question, how do you handle? How do you handle? But we've also been at not just asking, but also answering. How do you handle, and this episode, we're going to do part two of friendships. How do you handle friendships? Now, just a summary, the first episode we just uh, of friendships, that is, we just talked about uh, different verses from scripture that just lets us know what a friend is, how we can identify friends, uh, how we can recognize the real from those who are fake as well. And we looked at the prodigal son and how we also saw his friends. They were not real. He had very fake friends because once his money were gone, they were gone as well. And so that all of the everything we talked about last week, and again, we don't want to spend too much time on that. Uh, it's up. It's uploaded. So go back and listen to that, to that episode and then come back and listen to this one. But again, how do you handle friendships? Now, what I want to do is... I want to look at this from three categories. How do you handle friendships? Category number one, confidants. Now, you cannot be a leader of anything and not have someone you can talk to. Me personally, I believe all the greatest minds throughout history have had someone they can talk to, someone they could bounce things off of to just help them in what it is that they are doing. You need someone in your circle who you can be open with and honest with. You say, this is how it is. This is how I'm feeling. I'm tired. I'm sick of this. Whatever it is. These are your closest friends. Again, confidants. These are your closest friends. These are the ones you die for. And they do the same thing for you. They see you. They understand you. They listen to you. One individual said, if you can find three confidants in your lifetime, you have done very good. This is the smallest category you'll have. They are with you. If you go up, they go up. If you go down, they go down. If you have three in a lifetime, you've done pretty well. 
They are the ones who know your darkest secrets about you, knowing that if others knew, you'd be in trouble. But yet they are still with you. These are the people that being around them is so comfortable, you could behave as if you were by yourself. You don't get tired of your confidants because you don't have to change your behavior in, your, in their presence. The reason many get so tired of being around people is because they are putting on. They're putting on. And it's a lot of work to keep having to do that. From acting this way to acting another. It takes a lot of energy being someone you're not. Every Jonathan needs a David. Every David needs a Jonathan. Of all the friendships in the Bible, that of David and Jonathan stands out, perhaps amongst all others. In 1 Samuel 18, their friendship, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. This is the essence, the foundation of friendship, to love another as you love yourself. Not only this, but Jonathan sacrificed for David, stripping himself of the items which represented his power and his position and giving them to him. Jonathan was loyal to David, warning him of King Saul, his father's intent to kill him. The two friends shared a close emotional bond as well and were unafraid of sharing their feelings, weeping when it became clear that David had to leave. These three elements display love, loyalty, and emotional openness and are three essential traits that many deem necessary for friendships to thrive. Having a small circle is not always a bad thing. You know, we live in a world today, or we live in a social media world today, and I'll be the first to say it's not bad, but sometimes we can share too much. Sometimes we can invite too many people into our lives. Having a small circle is not always bad. But I also find it, the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to the cross, people just start dropping off. Jesus fed 5,000, but only 500 followed him after lunch. He had 12 disciples, but only three went further with him into the garden. Only one stood with him at the cross. The closer you get to the cross, the smaller your crowd becomes. The closer you get to Jesus, you just start noticing people just falling off altogether. And that's okay. So again, those people who are loyal to you and you are loyal to them are your confidants. The second, but the second category is your constituents. Now, your constituents are with it. Do you hear me? They are with it. They are with the cause. They are not with you. Now, they will confuse you because they look just like a confidant. They are walking right beside you just like a confidant. They are talking the same language just like a confidant. 
They are there because of the cause, not because of you. These are constituents. Their attraction is the mission. Now, you can still have them with you, but you have to know why they are with you. They are with you long as you are getting them closer and closer to their goal. And they look just like a confidant. But they will leave you, jump onto something else or someone else and leave you because it will help them get closer to where they are trying to go. It was never about you in the first place. It was never about you. It was about the cause. And if it furthers their agenda, they will leave you, leave you with a broken heart because you thought they loved you and cared for you, but they did not. If someone else can help them get there quicker, they will go there. and They will leave you. They left you because it was never about you. It was about it or the mission. These three categories are derived by motive. The difference between a confidant and a constituent is motive. They do the same thing, but they do it for different reasons. And again, it's easy to get the two confused because they both are working. They're both standing right beside you, in it to win it, encouraging you on. One of them will be with you even if the cause goes down. The other, if they see your quicker route, or even if they think it is quicker, they will lead you leave you with a broken heart and they will do it in a heartbeat in life a lot of things will break your heart but it will fix your vision sometimes god has to break your heart to save your soul sometimes in life you have to work with certain people and that's just how it is you have to be able to work with people who come and who go Sometimes people come and help you get to a certain place. You have to love them when they come, and you have to love them when they leave. Don't get bitter over constituents. Again, they were never intended to be with you for a long term. They are there just for a certain period in your life. In life, you will meet two types of people, the ones that build you up, and the ones that tear you down. In the end, you will thank God for them both. You have the constituents. You have the comrades. A wise man once said, Be careful who you let on your ship. Because some will sink the whole ship just because they can't be the captain. The last category is comrades. These people are not for you, no, nor are they for what you are for. It is just they are against what you are against. They will team up with you to fight a greater enemy, but don't get it confused by their association. They will only be with you until the victory is done. It's up the, con it, 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 it's up the constituents and the comrades. They desert you after a while. Don't be upset when they don't react to your dream the way you expect them to. They were never really with you in the first place. Because, or be careful who you tell your dream to. 
If you tell your dream to your constituents, they will take your dream and try to fulfill it without you. If you tell it to your comrade, they won't support you because they were never for you anyway. If you can find a few people with whom you can share your dream with, you are a blessed individual. They are really for you. They will weep when you weep, and they will rejoice when you rejoice. When you tell someone good news, watch their reaction. If they are not happy for you, you might want to be quiet and walk back out the door. When they are really connected with you, they will be happy for you. David was happy for Jonathan, and Jonathan was happy for David. There was no jealousy between the two. But I've come to realize the cross of Christ is one of the greatest forms of friendship ever. Jesus wants us to view the cross in terms of friendship. On the night before he dies, and he explained the meaning of the cross to his disciples, again, Jesus says in John 15, 13, greater love have no man than this than a man who will lay down his life for his friends. The cross is certainly an act of substitutionary atonement where Jesus bore the wrath of God in our place. But it is also very personal, a relational act of friendship. Through his death, Jesus expressed the deepest love for his people. He did not die for an unspecified humanity. He died for a specific people. He died for those who he considered to be his friends. Many Christians hesitate to call Jesus a friend, but Jesus doesn't share our hesitations. And it matters to him that we embrace this. He invited us to understand our relationship in terms of friendship, John 15, 12 through 17. I've heard it before. Well, you know what, preacher? You know what, Josh? Jesus is our king. You know what? You won't get any disagreement out of me. He is our king. He's the king and king and Lord of lords. But from a biblical perspective, Jesus is our glorious king and our greatest friend. Friendship with God and one another is our greatest joy. The apostle John wrote to believe was for a purpose so that you too, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that your joy may be filled. 1 John 1, 3 and 4. Our greatest joy is found in our fellowship with God and one another. According to inspiration, our chief happiness is in the fellowship with the God and all those who trust in him. The Bible gives us everything we need to have a friendship. Jesus invited each of us to be his friend. In God's family, we are privileged to have those who care for us, who want to see us grow, and who want to see us succeed. I want to share a story with you before we close. Back in 1918, a boy named Howard Loomis was abandoned by his mother, a father flanning his home for boys, which had opened just a year earlier. Howard had polio and wore heavy leg braces. And walking was difficult for him, especially when he had to go up and down the steps. Soon, several of the home's, the home's older boys were carrying Howard up and down the stairs. One day, Father Flanagan asked Reuben Granger, one of the older boys, 
if Kerrigan Howard was hard. Ruben replied, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. Nearly 75 years later, or many years later, the model is still the best description of what they are teaching us today. Well, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. If you really want to be like Jesus, be the one that stays when everyone walks out. Be the one who forgives even when it's undeserved. Be the one who shows grace when everyone else is casting stones. Be the one who shows love when they betray you because that's who Jesus was. The songwriter says, they tried my Lord and master with no one to defend. Within the halls of Pilate, he stood without a friend. I'll be a friend to Jesus. My life for him I'll spend. I'll be a friend with Jesus until my very years shall end. To all who need a savior, my friend I recommend because he brought salvation and why I am his friend. Another song says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Let our friend be your friend today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.